This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Well, we appreciate you joining us for our latest podcast, and this one should be a lot of fun because it's with the guy who was to throw out the first pitch this year in 2020 for the Rays, and the guy who's won the only World Series game in history. I hope we're not saying that at the end of the year, nothing personal to James Shields, because that means the Rays would have been in the World Series, and hopefully we'll have won some World Series games. James, great to see you. How are you? I'm doing great, uh, all things considered. Obviously, uh, you know, this is crazy times uh, here in, here in, uh, in the world, really. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, you know, we're just we're, – we're going day to day, and, and uh, I'm just really trying to enjoy my time with my family right now. What's it been like for you? What have you when, uh, when did your quarantine start, and what's been the biggest adjustment for you and your family? Well, here in uh, you know San Diego, we've been we've been quarantined probably from the beginning. Um, you know, we're 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 one of the biggest states, obviously California. Uh, you know, being quarantined, and we've been quarantined for probably I think six weeks now, maybe. Um, you know, uh, hardcore probably about a month now. Uh, but it's been it's been nuts, and it's you know a little good and a little bad. You know, I think. Uh, I'm the type of guy I always take a positive out of a negative, man. I mean, obviously this is the, this is a terrible time, um, you know, but we're, we're really trying to stay positive and, and, and really doing some really good things with the family and, and uh, just enjoying our time. I'm, I'm, I'm getting to be a better cook for sure. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I thought it was, I was like a double A cook before. I think I've fucked up to triple A now. So we're, we're definitely going good. So what's added to the repertoire now of your cooking skills? Oh man, um, you know I can cook up a, uh, just a good mean mean fillet. Um, you know I, I think uh, I've been basically watching every Gordon Ramsay. Uh, he's my he's my guy, man. I love Gordon Ramsay, but I've been watching every Gordon Ramsay video and and kind of trying to do different techniques and things like that. So it's been good. And you mentioned the family time. I've got two girls, too. Um, how have they adjusted? Because they're what? You've got a preteen and a teenager right now? Yeah, yeah. My, uh, my oldest, Ashton, is, uh, she'll be 17 in August. Uh, she's going to be a senior in, in high school next year, so that's pretty crazy. She's making me feel really old. Um, you know, and I, and I got a 10-year-old in, in Camden, and, and look, they're, they're doing great. I mean, my kids are they're, – they're pretty they're, – they're pretty tough and, and they understand the circumstances and, uh, you know, they're just going with the flow and they're, they're, they're being good kids. I think, uh, you know, our, our, our cotillion, our cotillion at home has been a lot better. You know, they've been doing the dishes and cleaning up after themselves and it's been, it's been good. So, um, but, you know, obviously having them watch all the first responders out there and, you know, the, the frontliners and, and things like that, it really kind of puts things into perspective for them a little bit and, and uh, makes them appreciate life. Is the rest of your family good? Everyone healthy? You know, you, you, that's one of the first things I think you worry about, you know, especially if you've got older relatives. 
Yeah, yeah, everyone's good. Um, we've been blessed so far, you know. Um, no, no, nothing too serious. I haven't, no, nobody in my family has been affected. Um, yeah, I know people who have been affected, but nobody in my, my immediate family. Um, but again, it's, uh, you know, we've been trying to quarantine ourselves and, and, and stay close, close to home here. I'm curious, since you were to throw out the first pitch, and I mentioned that at the top, how pumped were you to come back and, and do that and kick off the season? Man, I would have, uh, I would have loved to kick off ho- opening day. Hopefully, uh, you know, when things get, get under roll, I can get back out there and, and do it. I think, um, you know, it's always an honor. I, I mean, Tampa just was such an amazing, amazing time in our, our lives. Uh, the Shields family loves, loves Tampa Bay Rays organization. We, uh, yeah, we absolutely love it. It's family, um, you know, and I was I, I was looking forward to it. Uh, I don't know, I don't know if I probably could have hit the catcher or not. You know, it takes me about it takes me about a hundred warm ups just to just to be able to hit a guy in the chest uh, these days. But you know, I was looking forward to to kind of going back there. But um, I'm sure we'll, we'll have another chance to do that. So, were you going on the pitching rubber, or were you going to go in front of the mound? Oh, I couldn't go in front of the mound. <laughs> Uh, I think that's about as far as I can throw now, 60 feet, six inches. So I think I'll, I think I'll be good. <laughs> did you, did you formally retire or I, I never saw an announcement and I was kind of surprised like at the end of 18, you threw 200 plus innings and I'm thinking there's gotta be somebody who still wants someone like that. Hey, I mean, if anybody wants a pitcher, I'm always available. I mean, oh. there's no doubt. I, I can eat up some innings. There's no doubt about that. If anybody needs any of those, I think, I think every team needs an eat, inning eater by now. Uh, I think uh, this season's a little shorter, so they, they can use their bullpen a little more, you know. But, um, no, I didn't formally retire. I think we're going to kind of wait on that right now. Um, you know, just kind of right now is just we're just focusing on, on our families. And, you know, I, I, think it's, I think a later date is definitely uh, something for that. Because I was, I was wondering, I, you know, I think I had seen an article that you still were working out last year, right? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think I might be the first guy to ever not get a a big league job offer after throwing two hundred plus innings in a season. So um, you know, it's kind of interesting times again. But again, I mean, hey, look, I mean, if it's my time, it's my time, and uh, you know, I've I've had a good run, uh, you know. But we'll we'll see how uh, we'll see how this near future holds holds for me. Well, I want to touch on some of those great moments you had with the Rays. I'm first curious. You were known as the guy who developed the changeup, probably the first guy in the organization to really have a good one. How did it evolve? When did it become the pitch for you? I mean, to be honest with you, I ended up having uh, kind of a assist removed in 2002 uh, in my right shoulder. And uh, I was just playing catch with my brother uh, during that rehab process. And, and my brother was actually – he was a we, – we called him a little lefty poo slinger. He's a, he was a – yeah, he threw 83 to 87 miles an hour, uh, you know, but he, he had a nasty change up. Uh, I mean, it was really good. I mean, he was a, he was a junior college uh, All-American, um, you know, and, uh, and at the end of the day, he, he had a really good change up. So we were just kind of messing around with grips one day and found a good one during my rehab and, uh, you know, ended up, ended up working out for me. So it was good. <laughs> yeah, it worked out for you fine. When did you feel you belonged at the at the big league level? When did you kind of because Joe Madden always talks about that stages of a big league player. When did you feel you belonged there? 
I mean, Neil, that's a, that's a question I get asked a lot, man. Um, and honestly, I don't have a, a really good answer for that. I, I think, uh, I think growing up, I've always known that I've just known, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I never really kind of doubted myself. I think it's more of a, a doubt thing to people where, you know, when you're going through, you're like, ah, am I going to be able to make it? Am I not going to be able to make it? And um, I was just one of those kids that just never doubted myself. I just never had that in that thought process in my mind where I wasn't going to make it, you know, and, and, you know, there was a lot of trials and tribulations. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't know the, the Rays organization uh, in 2005, they were actually going to release me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, they didn't even put me on a baseball team and they, stuck me back and extended because um, I pitched so well in spring training that year. Uh, they, they couldn't release me. And, and, and uh, I remember going in the office and I said, why am I not on a team? And, and I remember talking and they said, look, we, we, I gotta be honest with you. We were planning on releasing you. And uh, we didn't, we don't have a spot for you. And this was in 2005. <laughs> and this is my, I believe my sixth year in the minor leagues, my sixth season in the minor leagues. And I was, I, I didn't know what to say to him. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'd rather have, I asked for my release. They didn't give it to me. And uh, I ended up going to extended. And that year I ended up uh, wiggling my way into the rotation in double A Montgomery uh, in Montgomery. And uh, I was pitcher of the year for double A that year. And I was in the big leagues two months, two months into the next season. So it's kind of a crazy story, but uh yeah, I mean, I, I just always thought I, I always thought I, I was gonna make it. I mean, it was just kind of one of those things. Um, you know, a lot of I knew I worked really hard. You know, I knew I worked really hard, so I never really had that doubt in my mind. But it's, it's kind of an awkward question, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a great story, and I'm guessing most fans. I had heard that story, but most fans, I didn't know you knew about it at the time. You know, I had heard that guys were pushing for the team not to release you or the organization not to, but I didn't know you knew about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they. I asked them why I didn't make a team because I, th I think I threw 17 scoreless innings in spring training, and I think I, I, I nobody. Uh, I don't think anybody had a better spring training than I did, uh, and I didn't make a team. And so I asked him why, and he didn't have an answer for me. So uh, he just, yeah, Cam Bonifay actually. Uh, he basically told me the truth. He said, "Look, I'm really sorry. I did. I just." We didn't, we didn't have a spot for you. We, we were actually planning on releasing you. And, and I love the honesty. I mean, it was, it actually was kind of refreshing the fact that he was being really, really honest with me and, and uh, which I think made our relationship a lot better, you know, and I think it made me work a little harder. So uh, I went two months and extended and, and ended up, ended up uh, in the big leagues the next year. Kind of a crazy, crazy story. And the rest is, is history. In fact, we crossed paths in Durham in 2006 when the year you made your big league debut. And I remember at the time, obviously, the organization is still the Devil Rays. And this is yeah. something you may not know. When you went up, I remember a conversation I had with Kevin Cash because Kevin was actually catching in yeah. Durham in 2006. And I said to him, okay, all these guys in the organization are going up and down. Is James, how does James fit in? Is he going to stick? And he told me that James knows how to pitch as well as any guy I've caught. And at the time, he had caught the top guys for the Blue Jays and Holiday, et cetera. So, I mean, I kind of listened to him, and, and obviously things turned out okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Cashy, that's a, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, 
you know, he's done a phenomenal job, obviously managing the Rays and, and, uh, Cash is one of my boys, uh, you know, my longtime boys, but yeah, I mean, when I was, you know, we had a really good relationship, pitcher catcher relationship and, and, uh, you know, we were on the same page always, um, you know, when, when he was catching me, he was such a, such a good game caller back there. Um, but yeah, I felt like I definitely knew how to pitch. I mean, I wasn't a flamethrower, so I kind of had to, had to really pitch. You made your mark in so many ways. One of those were some of the phrases that still stick around. When did the phrase come up, if you don't like it, pitch better? <laughs> uh, to be honest with you, in, in, in 2006, um, you know, it actually came from my father. Uh, you know, I was, I was just kind of at my wits, and, and I had a couple guys getting called up in Durham, uh, in, in Jason Hamill and Edwin Jackson. Um, and they were getting called up before me and, uh, and I actually had better numbers than them. Um, I, I remember I had 64 strikeouts and I think like three or four walks at the time. And I called my dad. I'm like, Hey man, you know, like, why am I not getting called up? I mean, this is crazy. I mean, this is, you know, I, I, I feel like I deserved it. I feel like I worked really hard and all these other guys are getting called up, uh, you know, for no reason. I mean, no rhyme to reason. And it's not like I was, I'm not much of a complainer, you know? And so I kind of just called my dad that day and he goes, Hey man, there's nothing you can do about it. You just got to keep pitching. He goes, Hey, if you don't like it, pitch better. And I said, I, I said, dad, I can't pitch much better. I got like a 2.5 ERA and you know, I, I, my strikeout to walk is really good. I can't pitch much better. You know, I'm doing really good. And, and he goes, Hey, he goes, obviously they're they're not seeing something in you. If you don't like it, pitch better. And I and I look and I and I took that advice, man. And it and it was like, you know what? And it kind of made light of things. Um and it kind of made sense to me. And it was it was like, look, there's no no complaining, no excuses. My time will come. Um, you know, and and just put it in God's hands and 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 let it roll, you know. And so and it was kind of funny. I, I think it was like a week later. Um, I ended up getting called, called up to the big leagues, uh, a week later after that. So I, I definitely live by that motto, but I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big, uh, big com uh, component of, of just not complaining, you know, and, and, and just getting the job done. You know, you kind of said a culture though. I mean, in the community, in the pitching community for the Rays, and it's kind of carried on. And I know a lot of guys don't do what you did, but it's still now, but you pitched 200 innings 10 times in your career, which, I mean, guys don't do that anymore. What allowed you to do that, to continue to make your starts? And how do you think – what is your legacy with this organization? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, look, I mean, everyone uh, – I mean, it's great. I mean, I, I, think, I think part of me creating a culture – I think I was very outgoing. I was, I was a leader. Um, and I was one of the boys, you know? Um, but what I wanted to create in there was not a culture that I created. It was just a culture that we created, you know? And, and, and every year was different, you know? And, and that was the hardest part about consistently winning in the Rays organization is the fact that every single year you have new guys and you're having to create new relationships. And Joe Madden was a huge component of relationship building and, 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 uh, and I don't care what anybody says, chemistry matters, you know, and, and, and chemistry, there's a bunch of things that go along with chemistry. I mean, for me, it's just, it's a brotherhood, you know, and I think if you, 
you guys are all on the same page. Everyone's working out and pushing each other. You're having fun doing it, you know? And I think um, you can see when somebody gets weeded out and they don't want to do it, it's miserable for them. I mean, it really is. It's a miserable, it's miserable date. I mean, we're with each other 162 days or 162 games. And uh, if you're miserable, it's a long season. And so what we try to do is just to have fun and have that energy and have, and just create that, that little kid in us, you know, and, and create that work ethic. Um, and I think that's, that's the culture that I believe I brought. I think uh, it all starts in the gym. I think, uh, you know, working, working out and, 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 and really having that mindset of out working out the hitters um, and kind of having a good competition inside the clubhouse with our hitters uh, so that the pitchers always outwork the hitters. Um, you know, I think that was a big component of us. And, look, I was just being me, really. I mean, to be honest with you, um, my cousin Aaron Rowan really instilled good work ethic uh, in me. Um, you know, and I, I think it was contagious. You know, I think work is contagious. I mean, no matter if you're in baseball or, you're, you know, you have a desk job. I mean, if you're a hard worker, the, next, the guy next to you is going to work just as hard because he's going to have to keep up. And that's as simple as that. I mean, it's and, – and to me, it was fun, you know. And, and so I, I hope my legacy is not the fact that I'm creating a culture. I hope the legacy is more just what kind of guy I was, what kind of teammate I was. Um, you know, even, even the guys who didn't like me, you know, I, I, I hope, uh, I hope one day they realize what I was doing, you know, and, and, and trying to make them better. Um, I, I, that's the kind of legacy I've always wanted. And, and I feel like from the very start to the very, to the very end, I think I was just a little kid trying to play baseball and, and working hard. How about what you and your family left the legacy with, you know, adopting, helping adopt kids and, and the foster program. <laughs> I mean, how much did that mean to you? Yeah, I think for me, the most important part about being an athlete is the platform that you're able to have and to be able to help them out throughout the community. And I think um, all sports in general, I think all sports do a phenomenal job of, of community, community uh, and helping the community out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that was very important to me and Ryan and, uh, and I think, uh, you know, having help out the foster kids and having help, you know, be able to get them adopted. I mean, everybody needs a forever family and, and the fact that the Rays are still, uh, still doing the legacy of the home run club, I believe it's called now. And I believe this year was the 10 year, 10 years anniversary of it. So, um, you know, I, I, I think it's great. I mean, we, we loved it all. My wife and I, we just are big, big components of – and I, it's, a big, it's a big part of being an athlete. And I think all athletes need to understand that. And I think um, there's some athletes that, that, that don't do enough. And I think there's a lot of athletes that just do an absolute ton of good work uh, in the community and, and really do a great job. So in uh, the Rays organization, you guys, you guys do a phenomenal job of um, – of getting out in the community. So yeah, it's, it meant a lot. Great perspective. I want to hit on a couple of moments in 2008, if I could. Um, you obviously had many other great moments, but I think 2008 is <laughs> the most memorable season. 
let's start. When did you think that team was that good? Uh, actually, to be honest with you, um, about midseason in 2006 uh, is, when, is when I thought we were going to be good. Um, a lot of people will, will beg to differ because I think we <laughs> lost 99 games in 2007. Um, but in all reality, uh, when we started kind of tra- doing a lot of trades in 2006, about midseason, right when I got called up, um, and we started kind of starting fresh. I think uh, when Andrew kind of came in there and tried to and kind of re- revamped, I kind of saw where he was going. Um, but I also knew the kind of talent that we had on the baseball field. I, th- I knew that we were young. I knew we had uh, tremendous talent. I just thought I just we just needed to put it together, and I think that we needed to believe in ourselves. And we put together the right pieces. Um, you know, in 2007, I remember, I think we won three games on the road <laughs> the second half of the season. So we really went through the worst you can, the worst you can possibly imagine as a team as far as the adversity. And so going into 2008, we couldn't get any worse. And so we had this unbelievably good attitude by picking guys up like Eric Hinsky and Cliff Lee. I mean, uh, Cliff Lloyd, excuse me. Um, sorry, Cliffy. <laughs> uh, uh, Troy Percival was a big, big factor um, in spring training that year. And I think bringing in those veterans – they were a huge, huge uh, key. And obviously the ones that we had with Johnny Gomes, myself, Carl Crawford, Rocco. I mean, we had BJ. We had a lot of guys that were ready. And so we ended up believing in ourselves in 2008. And I think that's, when, that's, that's probably the time when I knew is in 2006 where we were going to be. You mentioned Johnny, and there were some seminal moments. <laughs> Spring training, the fight with the Yankees. And then <laughs> – June 5th in Boston, you and Coco. Is there anything that you can shed on that whole, the Boston situation now that you're not playing that maybe you didn't say back then that you want to share about what the behind the scenes of all that now? Yeah, I mean, I, I, to be honest with you, the, the light I shed is I wish the game was played that way again, you know? I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, protecting your teammates is what it's all about. Protecting your own, your, your family is what baseball is all about. I mean, it's hard, it's, it's hard nosed. And like a lot of people say that, um, you know, that hitting guys is, it's, it's not really cool. And, you know, but then you got guys like you got the Astros who, who, who are stealing signs and now we're not allowed to hit them. You know, I mean, I mean, it's part of the game, you know, we're not, we're not trying to be vicious about it. It's just part of the game, you know. And I, the night before, Coco ended up uh, sliding into our second baseman, Akinori Iwamura, um, a little too hard for my liking, and and potentially could have hurt him. And uh, and the next day, I happened to be pitching, and hey, first at bat, I didn't want to let him go, so I ended up drilling him to let him know what uh, that that I had my second baseman's back. And I did it right. I hit him right in the thigh. And, uh, and he ended up charging me. 
but you know what? It was a big pivotal moment in, in our, in our season that year, because we really came together after that. I mean, we really did. I mean, even though Johnny and I were suspended together and then Carl was suspended and Edwin and a lot of guys were suspended in different areas of the season. Look, we, we came together after that and, it, and, 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 you know, it was kind of funny. I, I actually, and back then it, that was when you had to share gyms with the opponent um, because we were in, we were in Fenway. So we didn't have a gym in our clubhouse. So the next day I actually, I had to go work out cause that was my workout day. It was the day after I pitched and I go in there with, uh, with, uh, KB, Kevin Barr and, 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 uh, and I look at him and I go, uh, are we going to go in their own gym, which is right, which happened to be right next to their food room. And, uh, it was a day game. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to get my workout in and, and my routine's not going to change. And so I'm working out and we ended up, uh, Coco actually ended up coming into the, to the gym and, uh, you know, we kind of chatted it up the next day and I'm like, why'd you, why'd you uh, charge me? He's like, man, it's. I really wasn't going to charge you, but I took two steps towards first base and it started stinging a lot. So I ended up going at you. But, um, but again, look, there was no hard feelings. You know, it, he knew he was going to get hit. Um, it's part of the game. I mean, uh, and those things happen. Obviously, you don't want to, you don't want to, you know, tell kids that they should be charging the mound or anything like that. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it, it was part of what we did. And it was a big growth moment for us in the Rays organization, to be honest with you. Well, you played how many years? And, and was, were there any other fights you were involved with individually that you got in the middle of in all that time, pro or minor league or major league? Um, I don't – I mean, I wasn't the center – of, of of all the fights i think i was definitely involved in some fights um <laughs> but we'll leave that to another day uh but yeah no I, that was the biggest probably the biggest one that, that i've ever had so yeah you had some great starts obviously throughout your career but there was actually a start in boston right in april where you threw a nine inning complete game um what were your favorite moments on the mound in that year oh man i mean to be honest with you, I mean, the whole year was just surreal, you know? I mean, it, it really was. It was, it, it was kind of like uh, – it was a blur because we were having so much fun, you know? I mean, it, that was one of the best clubhouses I've ever been a part of, you know? And, and I've been a part of some really good ones. I mean, uh, you know, the, I had a really good clubhouse in Kansas City uh, when we went to the, to the World Series then. But that was just a really good clubhouse. I mean, we were going out on the road going to dinner, hanging out. We were all hanging out in each other's hotel rooms. Um, we were just, we were just boys, you know, and, and we were young kids just, just having fun and playing the game. And I think uh, for me, I think just pitching the world series, I think is probably my biggest moment. Uh, obviously getting the only win uh, is, is, is probably the greatest moment of my career uh, uh, as an individual. Um but yeah, just just having some fun, man. We just had a blast. So, how different was that game for you, that World Series game? How much different did it feel? Because few of us can ever comprehend that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was intense, man. I mean, it was intense. I think uh, not no not ever been being to the playoffs. I think mean, my the first game I threw against Chicago that year. Um, 
and facing Ken Griffey Jr. for the first time. <laughs> I think that was pretty intense. But uh, but there's nothing more surreal than a World Series game. You're the only game in the world. You know everybody's watching you, and uh, and that's what it's all about. I mean I mean to, to enjoying the moment. You know I mean it, it is is what it was so surreal. I think is when you're a little kid, you know. You, you go out there and you start start warming up, and all I could think about is, you know, dreaming when I was a little kid of this moment. And so, um, fortunately for me, I'm a little softy when it comes to moments and 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 enjoying the moment. So I I was able to take a step back and and really really soak it in to where a lot of guys I've I've heard they they just kind of didn't really get that chance and soak it in. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what it's all about. That's what playing baseball is all about. And I think that's what, you know, every little kid in the world should be looking forward to is that moment because it is the greatest moment of my career. There's no doubt about it. Well, I certainly hope for this franchise, there are more moments like that. And we enjoyed all the moments that you brought us. One last thing, 11, you were incredible. You had 11 complete games that year. And then 12, I wonder, was the 12 pitching staff, because we kind of thought that that team had World Series pitching ability, which staff was better, 8, 11, or 12? You. Uh, man, they're all different, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, 2008, we had a really good pitching staff. Uh, I remember in spring training that year, uh, Troy Percival made a, made a joke where he uh, – he put what was it? Greg Maddox, John Smoltz, and and uh, I think Tom Glavin maybe on the back of his spring tra- uh, spring training jersey for Matt Garza, Casimir, uh, and I. Uh, so we 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 had a really good staff that year. I think we were we were pretty potent. Um, our 2011 year was was pretty good. I, I think uh, I think I think our 2012 team might have been the best uh, potential staff. To be honest with you. I didn't have a very good year that year, um, and uh, but I think that that potentially, but I also think we were kind of a little hungover from the year before, um, which would meaning meaning we went deep, you know, we went into the playoffs, we ended up losing. There was so much emotional roller coaster in September in 2011. Uh, obviously, 2012 we had an emotional roller coaster. I think I think we just kind of pooped out. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, I think they were all they're all good staff. So I think um, the Rays are really known for starting pitching. You know, so um, it's really nice to see. To be honest, with you. They, they've always put together a, a really good pitching staff. So it, it, they're all different, man. I mean, you know, they're we're all pretty good. I was glad to be a part of all of them. <laughs> we were glad to have you as part of all of them. And we, we are looking forward to the day when you are part of uh, either an opening day or throwing out a first pitch, whatever it may be. We're so glad you could spend some time with us and hang out. We wish the, the best to you and Ryan and your family and hopefully lots of health and safety over the course of the next however many weeks this goes on. Yeah, thanks, man. And hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully when I get back out there and throw the first pitch, there's, uh, there's not zero people in the stands. Because so. <laughs> uh, it, looks, it looks that way. That's the way it's going to be going here pretty soon. So, um, yeah, we appreciate it, Neil. Thank you, everyone. The Shields family's doing good. Hopefully everyone uh, – Everyone there is doing good, and, uh, you know, we, we pray that the, the safety of everybody uh, out there. And, and we really, to be honest with you, thank all the first responders. I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, that, that's, those are my heroes right now, and, and, and they're doing a phenomenal job. So we definitely want to thank them. Um, 
for their excellent work. They said it as well as anybody could. We certainly appreciate you being with us on our latest podcast, and we will talk with you soon.